Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joining me is Lance Williams as we break down day three of the 2020 NFL Draft. This is one of two shows that you'll hear from Lance and myself. We will be back on after the seventh round to wrap up day three and the draft. The Steelers had two picks in the fourth round, and they went as follows. Maryland running back Anthony McFarland, who's a small guy, but is a really, really fast guy. And the second pick being Kevin Dodson guard out of Louisiana. I think that the Steelers going to offensive players uh, was not a surprise. I definitely am glad they went with offensive line, but I welcome Lance Williams in Lance. What's your knee jerk reaction to the two picks? It takes two to make a thing go right. It takes two to make it out of sight. Quoting James Brown. I love the picks. And the draft is kind of going in the direction that I predicted in a Yeah, I Said It show several months ago about how this draft was going to be largely offensive. Um, there was a graphic that ESPN posted about the Steelers for the first time since 1971 did not score 28 points in a game. When you look at the selection of the running back, you know, just looking at some of the uh, highlights for Anthony McFarland Jr., he is electric. Kevin Dotson is a mauler, big guy in the interior. That's something we've talked about, how their offensive line needed to inject more youth into that line. And McFarlane is absolutely electric. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a home run hitter. And he complements that running back room. He's the only person in that running back room. When you look at Connor, you look at him, you look at Samuels, um, you look at Benny Snell, Benny, who has actual Jets. He's the only one in that room that actually has Jets. That guy is just absolutely electric. I don't want to put you on the spot, Jeff, but being in Maryland, do you know a little bit more about this player? I know famously we both don't watch college football, but being no. in Maryland, do you know a little bit about this guy? And has there, what's, what's, the, what's the talk about him in the state of Maryland? Well, it's funny. Um, I am not a Maryland Terrapin fan. Um, I'm not from Maryland. I live in Maryland, but a good friend of mine who was on our show talk, he's a Dolphins fan. He loves the Terps and he loves their basketball, football. And he sent me a text right after they made the pick and said, you're going to really like this guy. He said he is a good all around back. He can run between the tackles, can run the zone, can catch the ball out of the backfield. Like you just mentioned, he was really, he said, you'll be really happy. He's a good solid running back. Now I think that the Steelers might've found a gem or maybe a diamond in the rough in this McFarland pick for a couple reasons. Number one, his stock was probably a little bit lower based on the fact that he got hurt in week two of 2019 and played with a high ankle sprain for the rest of the year. Therefore his production wasn't as good. They said that 2018 was his year. That was the year that Maryland played Ohio State, and he broke off. I think he rushed for over 200 yards against Ohio State, breaking off three runs of 50-plus yards against the Buckeyes. Jeez. He was he was lethal that year, and he was healthy. Now, McFarland said to the media afterwards that absolutely he is 100% healthy right now, but it gets more interesting. Who is at Maryland right now? A young guy named Dino Tomlin, that's Mike Tomlin's son, was on Maryland's football team. Therefore, he was was around Tomlin. He said he never really talked to him much, but Tomlin was always around. He went and saw his son's games at Maryland, and so he knew him that way. Also, Matt Canada was the interim head coach and offensive coordinator in 2018. Or I'm sorry, 2017, 2018, when 
Anthony McFarlane was there, and he actually says that he sees Matt Canada as like a father figure to him. Now, the biggest knock on him has been so far as maturity. There were some scouts that wrote some really scathing things about him and that he is a problem and that he's like a child. These were all quotes, not me, quotes that are on Twitter right now from several beat writers. All I can say is if there's a coach in the NFL that not only has experience dealing with maybe someone that's a little bit immature or knowing how to kind of keep flames down, it would be Mike Tomlin. I mean, are we forgetting about Mr. Third and Fifth, Gummy Richards? Are we yes. forgetting about Butt Naked and Rob? He knows how to handle these type of players. I'm not concerned about that at all. But everything you're hearing is that if he were healthy, if uh, McFarlane were healthy in 2019, not saying he would have been a first-round pick, but would have gone earlier than the fourth, the Steelers might have gotten themselves a good one. Let me read the quote that I got from David Todd um, on Twitter about his character in – Quote, we took him off the board because his football character is absolutely atrocious. He's like a child, really high maintenance. Every week there's going to be something. Now, talent-wise, he's a weapon. To your point, when you have Matt Canada and, and him saying that Matt Canada is like a father figure, I think that addresses that. Let me give you some stats from that 2018 season that you talked about, Jeff. 125 carries. 1,022 yards, average 8.2 yards per carry, four touchdowns, only seven receptions. But in those seven receptions, he averaged 10.4 yards per catch. He was a freshman All-American, third-team All-Big Ten, and had set a school record as a freshman. Let me jump into, Jeff, if you don't mind, some of his strengths from the scouting report that I'm oh, reading boy. from from Dane Brugler from The Athletic. Built low to the ground with quality run balance, Quick, succinct footwork to make shifty lateral cuts. Leaves linebackers grasping for air with his cutback skills and vision. Collects missed miss tackles like they are going out of style. Shot out of a cannon once he commits north and south. Accelerates into contact, allowing him to brush off weak or arm tackles. Shows a home run gear around the corner and doesn't waste time in the backfield. Not a power runner, but able to burrow at the line of scrimmage to be effective in short yardage. Some of his weaknesses are very compact muscle tone and doesn't have ideal weight for the position. Marginally runs with power as an inside runner, too willing to escape out of bounds instead of fighting for extra yards. Tends to be bounce happy. Wasn't asked to carry a full load and was kept on a pitch count and fumbled four times in college. Once every 65 touches, usually solid hands, but dropped a couple of passes. Inconsistent pr productivity and upside in pass protection and struggle to stay healthy. The strengths are everything that I think that this offense needs. They need weapons. He gives them juice, and I wanted them to get a running back. I didn't mind where they got the running back, but I thought they needed a running back. So far, they've got the wide receiver. I love what they're doing in this draft in terms of collecting weapons for Bionic Big Ben. There you go. And I think that this is going to be a pick that, um, you know, Steeler fans, I, I, I know there's already been discussion on Twitter and there's already been discussion in the live chat of, well, who's out? Who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, who's out of the, who's out of the framework? Who cares? I don't care. I care that the Steelers put a good running game on the field 
a dynamic running game. And I, to me, the most important in this, he fills this spot is a diverse running game. Like you said, Lance, he brings something to the table that maybe only Kareth white possesses and he might do it better. In which case that's fine. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. So I I don't know, Lance, you might care who they keep and who don't. I personally don't. I think they're going to take the best. It's competition. We talked about this last night. Competition is the igniter for a lot of players to have them perform better. Hey, Benny Snell, guess what? We just took a fourth round running back the year after we took you in the fourth round. So guess what? You better get some jets, right? You better. (laughs) You better go to Amazon, order some jets. (laughs) We welcome in Brian Anthony Davis. Uh, he just submitted his knee-jerk reaction. Article. He's been on for over an hour now. Um, Brian, what's your reaction? We're just talking about McFarland, the running back out of Maryland. What, is your, what are your thoughts on him in that pick in the fourth round? Um, it was horrible. Horrible first initial reaction. It's just like, what? And the exact words were, I hate this pick. Now, has nothing to do with the player. I'm kind of really liking the player. I didn't want to I didn't want a running back at the fourth where I wanted Kayvon Wallace, who went two picks later, two or three picks later to Philadelphia, the safety from Clemson. I thought he was uh, fantastic. I thought that'd be perfect. I kind of thought they went a little too early with a running back based on the fact of uh, what we were talking about yesterday after they didn't take Dobbins. But the more I look at this guy, the more I realize um, how close he is to Matt Canada. Uh, Canada was like a father figure to him at Maryland. Um, What he does, the speed he has, he has more speed than uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and is an inch taller. And I take that from um, the live chat that somebody uh, mentioned that to me. And I really... uh, Looks like he has more speed than Dobbins as well. This guy could really be a breakaway guy for this team. It seems like they are going running back by committee. And for what I'm thinking, I think it's okay. But when you told me right away, it is like a prostitute that walks into church and everybody's upset about it. That's the way I felt. (laughs) That is quite quite the analogy there. Yes, it is. Yes, easy like Saturday morning. Yes, but, way to hit him bad. Way to hit him bad, baby. But <laughs> that's what a knee-jerk reaction is. The entire last show, we had over 300, and uh, I believe it was 371 in the live chat at one point. Nice. And uh, the entire thing was a knee-jerk reaction. And this is what we do as fans. I don't know about you, Jeff, Lance, I don't think you guys have a scouting department in your house that goes and looks at NFL players. I I, I do. My my kids, my kids, my kids do it all. My scouting department's in my backyard. But exactly. (laughs) My scouting report, my scouting department, these eyes and what I read and what I hear. And I don't know. I don't know much about Anthony McFarland. At first I thought it was Booger's son. You know, I mean, I didn't know. Um, That's what I thought. But uh, and here it's not. But the thing about it is they scout these guys and we have these names that we fall in love with because we hear about all the time. But the bottom line to it is there's guys being paid to go to these small colleges and know who Alex Highsmith is 
to know who Anthony McFarland is and what he's going to do in this system that Matt Candidate is going to be a big part of. So we, I mean, Kevin Dotson, love that pick. And I know we're going to talk about it more. And the more you read about him, you're like, why wasn't this guy with all of his accolades a whole lot higher on the list? But the thing is, he didn't go to the combine. So that's a thing that people don't know who isn't touted by the media, by us on the internet. So that's their job to find these hidden gems. One of the greatest Pittsburgh Steelers in history is Bill Nunn Sr. Bill Nunn Sr. is the guy that brought you. He went to all the, the historic black colleges. He he put out the, uh, the uh, college report for, I think it was the Pittsburgh Tribune. He the is the reason. Pittsburgh Courier. Thank you. He is the reason that you have Mel Blunt, John Stallworth, all these guys, because he found them when no one else was looking for them. So the scouts now, we they have more access to things. But the bottom line to it is when you have a great scouting department, that's why you're getting these great players. And obviously, they scout better than we do who are relying on what are people what people are telling us. So yeah. there you go. Before you jump in, uh, Jeff, let me give you a, a quick, a quick little pop fact, I guess, about Bill Nunn. His dad, his son is Bill Nunn Sr., R.I.P. Bill Nunn Sr. Juice. We call him Juice, personal friend of ours. Uh, my family knows the nuns, Nunn Sr. and Jr. Uh, from the Hill District in Pittsburgh. Nunn Jr. was Radio Raheem in Spike Lee's famous movie. So uh Bill and Nunn Sister Jr. Act. He was the yeah. uh, the male lead in Sister Act. Yeah, Radio he was his famous famous role is uh uh Radio Rahim and yes, uh Senior was the uh, I believe the sports editor for the Courier for years and that's his connection um and uh, ironically because of that Bill Nunn Jr. Nunn Jr. um uh, was also a ball boy for the Steelers in the 70s and was really close to uh AR2. Him and AR2 were best buddies. Um, and you know what? Uh, are you going to tell the story of when of what they did together that was infamous? Oh, no, I'll tell you, I don't know if I could share that one. Oh, oh no, okay. Then it's not the same one. They yeah, well, stole Joe Green's car. Yes, 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 yes. They did. Yeah, well, they did a bunch of stuff. They used to sneak into concerts, all types of stuff. But yeah, they stole Joe Green's car. But uh, but you're absolutely right, Bad. I mean, we're not scouts. But what I do want to read is uh, I mean, we're talking about the comparison to Hilaire um, and Anthony McFarland's 40 time listed here. His 40 time was the third fastest for the running backs. Ironically, the backs that were faster were Jonathan Taylor, who ran a 4.39. McFarland ran a 4.4. The other back that ran faster as I combed through the list was Anthony Antonio Gibson out of Memphis, who ran a 4.39. McFarland was rated the 15th uh, running back in, in, the, in the analysis that I'm looking at. And if you look at his metrics, when you compare him to um, compare him to Hilaire, he's better across the board, better 40 time. He's a little bit bigger, about a pound bigger. Um, 10 yard is better. Um, he's a little bit longer than Hilaire. Um, smaller hands, though. We know how we feel about small digits when it comes to your hands. That may affect you getting the ball um, So at the mesh point. But He's a dynamic athlete, and and I love that he complements that running back room. He's a home run hitter, um, and when you look at him athletically, 
compared to all of the guys, some of the guys ahead of him, he has better numbers across the board. He has better numbers than Cam Akers, Edwards Hilaire, uh, DeAndre Swift, and J.K. Dobbins. Jonathan Taylor just happens to be a physical freak. I mean, his his combine numbers are just off the charts. But again, I love the addition of an electric player in that offense. And again, they've got to get Ben weapons. I mean, you've got to be all in on Ben, and that means giving him weapons and keeping him safe and upright. Well, the one thing about this pick, too, is when you watch highlights, even if you watch game tape, there is straight line speed that you see in the combine, which Lance just mentioned is 4-4-40 time. And then there's game speed where you're like, wow, that guy can move. And it's when you see him get on the edge and just turn the burners on. Literally go on YouTube, search Maryland, Ohio State from 2018 and just watch the game. And I swear to you, you see him jump off the film. He had, I believe it was three runs of over 50 yards against the Ohio State Buckeyes, not some slouch, okay? And this guy is is going to be good. Is he a feature back? No. I don't think anyone's suggesting that he's going to be the next guy. Could he be a complimentary back? Absolutely. From day one? I think so. Why not? Let's grade the pick, though. If you're watching live on YouTube, you're in the live chat, go ahead and fire away grading this pick. We're not going to Dotson yet. We're going to do that in a second. Grade the pick of Anthony McFarland out of Maryland. Brian, we're going to start with you. What grade do you give the pick? I'd love to abstain here. Um, I am going to go ahead and give him a You've never abstained from anything in your life, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Abstinence, you cannot. You cannot pull the abstinence card after the hooker in church analogy. Come on. No, you can't do it. I cleaned it up with prostitute. I could have went lady of the evening also. Um, You know what? I'm inclined to try. I want to move up to a B minus, but I'm going, I'm not rating the player. I'm rating the pick. So I'm going to go C plus. Okay. What about you, Lance? I'm going to go a solid B. I think they needed to add this type of dynamic playmaker. Think about if you put this kid on the field with Ebron, with Claypool, with Juju, with Deontay Johnson, I mean, with Vance McDonald, I mean, the amount of speed, and the way you can attack defenses, I just love it. So I'm giving it a solid B. I think it's a great pick. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna fall in line with you all and say B as well. Um, Sean Manahan just said something that gave me the chills. I'll put it on the screen. He said he reminds me of Dree Archer. Oh, that's the kiss of death. Um, I don't know if I would go that far, but uh, we'll see how he. We'll see if his game. We know Dree Archer's game did not translate to the National Football League, and we'll see if McFarland's does. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how they utilize him and what maybe someone like Matt Canada and Randy Feetner can do. It's definitely a contrast from last year where you were wondering who are the weapons going to be. Now, all of a sudden, when you look at players like Ebron, you still have Vance McDonald. We talked about the wide receivers and the addition of Claypool. They do have weapons now. They do have weapons for sure. And I will even include offensive linemen as weapons. And I think they got a really good one in terms of depth at guard when they selected with their second fourth round pick from Louisiana, Kevin Dotson. And he was a player that I like Brian Anthony Davis said was not invited to the uh, scouting combine. A lot of people said he was one of the biggest snubs to not be invited. 
This guy is a behemoth of a man, a monster of a man who is literally down and is pulling trucks as he's training during this, this quarantine period, getting ready for the NFL. I just saw the video before we went live on Twitter. And what's really awesome, his family are lifelong Steeler fans. He has a man nice. cave that's all Steelers. Jerome Bettis was his favorite player growing up. He said, I swear the number 36 was in my password all the way through college in some way, shape or form. So <laughs> I think it's awesome when you get Steeler fans to get drafted by the Steelers. Lance, when you saw this pick of Dotson, what were your thoughts? I think they need an injection of youth on that offensive line. And to your point about being a lifelong Steeler fan and family being a lifelong Steeler fan, that's a big thing. That's not something to overlook. When you're a lifelong Steeler fan, you understand what it means to be a Steeler and the commitment that it means to be a Steeler. And I'm going to tell you that his dad, his family, they have said, look, man, don't go up there and not ball out. Like, you're not going to go up there and stink this up. You're going to go up there and ball. We're Steeler fans. What's up? He understands it. I mean, if you've been a Steeler fan like that, he understands and he gets it. And he probably knows the history of playing offensive line for the Steelers and what that means. So I think you're going to get a great, honest effort from this guy. When you said behemoth of a man, uh, I, I think that might have been an understatement. 6'4", 3'10", 33-inch arms, 10.5-inch uh, hands. His wingspan is 82 inches. I mean, this guy's a monster. And I just love the fact that they're trying to address the age and depth on this offensive line because I think the line is starting to get long in the tooth and that, and that's where it needs to go. Um, I'm going to read some of his uh, strengths from his breakdown. Yeah, go for it. So for people that don't know. His strengths is looks like looks the part with tall, long frame and powerful hands blocks low to high in a run game, winning with the point of attack gets his physical hands into the body of defenders, removing defenders from their feet, piles up pancakes on film Anchors well at shallow depth due to his core strength, moves well for his size, working up levels, uses his body angles to his advantage, voted a team captain and really well liked in the locker room. He's a team guy, the quote is, and one of the tougher competitors I've been around, experienced and reliable, starting 52 games over his career. Weaknesses, inconsistent body control, which can hinder his ability to sustain, still growing from a fundamental perspective. Too much body-to-body -body blocking on his tape, relying on his brute strength, needs to better resist and recoil after his initial punch. His blocking is more push than pop, lacking explosiveness in his upper or lower body, will occasionally be a spectator, and will turn 24, year, 24 as a NFL rookie. Saw practice reps at tackle, but all of his starting experience came at one position at the right guard. Jeff, I was going to ask you guys, he's 24 now, I know guys red shirt and, and, and stuff like that, but that kind of jumped out to me that he was 24. That seems pretty old as a rookie. Yeah, it is, it, especially as you can see the trend going the opposite way for NFL players. You see younger and younger. You know, you see the Jujus that are 20 years old. Um, you see a couple guys in this draft that are 20 years old. The Steelers typically do draft younger players, but I think there's also something about – um, being a little bit more mature, sometimes physically, um, and having experience. You look at him, he went to Louisiana. He, you know, obviously did not start right away. 
this could have been exactly what he needed to do. Think about a guy like Gerald Hawkins. Okay, that was a Steelers pick, third-round pick out of LSU, who was – and the NCAA has an advisory committee that is developed to basically look at players and say, should you or should you not go to the NFL? In Gerald Hawkins' case, they said you should not. You should stay. And he said, I don't care what you say, I'm going. And he goes and he gets drafted. Now he doesn't play, ends up now he's in Tampa Bay. But in this case, maybe Dotson was told he should stay. Or maybe he just felt, you know what, I think I should. And it might have been the best thing for him. He gets another year of experience. He now goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he's going to have a pretty decent shot. Not Maybe maybe not playing. Dave Schofield sending me a text. Or Dave, and uh, he's sending myself and Brian. He said he has a chance to start week one. Dave gives this pick an A. I'm not sure I'm going to say he's going to start in week one. It all depends on Matt Filer and his versatility. We've talked about that ad nauseum seemingly. But Brian, what are your thoughts on this pick? You like it? I love this pick. I loved it as soon as I saw it. I wasn't sure of his name, then I realized that I went back and scouted him because I've scouted a lot in the last, uh, just in the last week, names and uh, and some video. And I really love the nastiness and the junkyard dog mentality of this guy. I like the fact that he's older, Lance, and the reason I like the fact that he's twenty four is really uh, Jeff hit on the maturity of it and the physical maturity, but I also hit on the fact that, uh, look, I don't care if he is a 34-year-old, 10-year veteran at that point. I want to think about what he's going to give this team in the next five years. And uh, to back up what Jeff said, you know, right now you're getting the best and you're getting a more mature guy. This is a guy that uh, if he is pulling cars – and if the Associated Press is uh, not just uh, making him an, a first-team All-American, but you have, uh, but they're uh, they're mentioning that he is probably the best guard prospect in the entire draft, then I think you have a very good pick here. I don't think he's going to start Week One, but he is. Uh, I have a feeling that uh, he is uh, the first one off the bench. Could be. Could be, absolutely. And, you know, Donald Nolan, who says, you guys love every pick. Where's your differing opinions? Well, first and foremost, I can only speak for myself and Lance Williams when I say that I we don't get I don't get disappointed. I know Lance doesn't get disappointed. Why? We don't have our hearts set on any specific prospects. When we go into the draft, because we don't know the players, at least I don't know any players. So for me, I look at it and say, well, if everyone's everyone right now, even earlier when we were talking about McFarlane, I wish they would have taken X, Y, or Z player. I don't know who either X, Y, or Z players are. I'm just looking at who they take. Honestly, in a perfect world, what I would like to do is to just go out. I, I would like to just be with my family right now. And then after the pick's over, then I look at who they took. And that's what Lance used to do. Lance would always just say, <laughs> to tell me who they selected. And it's it's honestly, oh, it's a simpler way of life, I'll tell you that. But Lance, I mean, I know we normally disagree with stuff, but sometimes you just look at team needs. You look at prospects, strengths, and weaknesses. That's all you can do right now, right? Yeah, I mean, they got to play. I mean, that's why I've never been, you know, the enthusiastic draft guy. I mean, to each his own. I mean, we do this, you know, as part of what we do. So, you know, I want to be a part of it and give my opinion. But, you know, you got to – I mean, these guys got to play. And the important element – and I told myself today that I wanted to talk about it to not be remiss – there's still development going on. I mean, this is just the first step in the process. These players have to be coached and they have to play. I mean, any player can look like the perfect selection until they play and they're not good. Then they're not the perfect selection. So 
part of this is we have to wait to see if these players are going to grow and see what they're going to become. This is just the first part. So when I look at a draft, I'm looking at it from the perspective of what I perceive to be the team's needs. And if they address those in the draft with players, then I probably will like the pick. So, you know, I mean, it's not about disagreeing or agreeing at this point. Call me in about a year. Call me in about a year um, or, or call me during the season if the guy plays. He may not even play. I mean, I think the best bet for the Steelers would probably be if he doesn't play and a more veteran player is playing on that interior offensive line with a 38, 39-year-old quarterback that just came off of an injury. So you might want a more mature player in the inside protecting Ben Ben. You just have to wait and see. And, and, and I've always tried to take that approach with the draft. I'm not the knee-jerk. You know, that's why Brian is probably better than me to do it. I'm not the knee-jerk guy. I mean, it's just, just you know, you just got to wait, you know, the draft grades on Monday, you know, the A draft grade, you know, all that stuff is kind of funny. But, it, but it's done because that's what fans expect. But, you know, just got to wait and be patient. So me and Jeff, you know, we kind of agree on this. Like, we're both the homer and the homer when it comes to the draft. We just take a wait-and-see approach. And I did not now, love Brian, the McFarland pick. There you go. He and said I, that. I really didn't, and it is nothing against the player. I don't like the business strategy of the pick. I just don't think at this point they needed a running back there but i'm going to fall in love with the player and i'm going to root for the player because bottom line you're wearing black and gold now and i'm going to root for you it's just like like everything you're uh, representing my team i am cheering for you but it's not the decision that i would have made here's the thing my decision doesn't matter all right it doesn't matter because i am not picking for this team i'm not paid to pick for the team um my job, Jeff's job, Lance's job, is to be here to talk about it, and that's what we're doing. And we are fans first and foremost, and we're going to talk to you about what we like um, and what we don't like. And But the bottom line, we're just like you. We just have we have the forum right now. There you go. Yeah. So we have still – there are still more picks out there. The Steelers are not – selecting as of right now in the fifth round there is talk that they might try to move up i feel like they would have packaged one of the fourth round picks to, to do that if they are to move into the fifth there maybe if they take a 2021 draft pick there's a chance that there might still be some movement with the pittsburgh steelers but nonetheless as of right now the whole fifth round is off they have one pick in the sixth one pick in the seventh and that would complete their six draft picks for this 2020 NFL draft. So here we go. Quick question to end this show. Lance, where would you like to see the Steelers go next from a positional standpoint? Inside linebacker. I need some depth at the inside linebacker. Position. You think a six round, six round, I guess. Well, if you think about it, Ulysses Gilbert, the third was a six round linebacker. So it is possible to find some depth there. That's it's not out of the realm of possibility. Brian, what do you think? What position? I am I. Uh... I am I'm thinking right now a safety still, but I want best player available. Um, online they're saying that I want a Primani Brothers sandwich, and then I'm ha not happy with the draft. I'm loving the draft, actually. I think <laughs> the draft's fantastic. I've just uh, just four uh, A is not what I'm loving. I'm loving everything else, including Alex Highsmith. Oh, by the way, no one's commenting on what I'm wearing. 
Oh, it's great. I can't tell. It's uh, a little Notre Dame action for oh, Chase Jerome Bettis. Oh, is it no, Bettis? Well, it's not a Bettis jersey. It's just I, I got it for a dollar at a at a yard sale. It's a nice little uh, Notre Dame jersey. <laughs> but the other, I got to tell you, in honor of our number one pick, boys. This is what the eighty-three. Got the eighty-three out. Nice, nice. Dollar See, when yard I, sale. When I woke up, the, when I woke up this morning. I told myself, okay, what am I going to wear today? And I thought it was, you got a Shea Leave. I always bust out the Shea Leave t-shirt. You got to know when to when to rock it out and say Ryan Shea's here. He's still part of the team. Still part of the team. Lance, you got the Bumblebee on. I had to go with the Bumblebee, and I had to go with the uh, Halloween terrible towel <laughs> that actually glows awesome. in the dark. Yes. Everybody and, I, and I got this terrible towel. On the south side, not excuse me, not in the south side. I got it in the strip. Um, if you're from Pittsburgh, you know where the strip district is. I got it in the strip, and it actually glows in the dark. The pumpkins glow in the dark. Got to be, got to be ready to <laughs> go. Awesome. Is that is that a is that a Troy Palomalu bumblebee? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I will be unveiling another jersey selection for the next show today. You got to change outfits, baby. You got to change trips outfits. Fresh. So I'm not sure about Brian and Dave's plans for later. I don't know if Brian, do you know your plans for the show later? Are you all going to get back on again or not? It's up to you. Here is the plan. Dave would like to go on for the sixth pick. Yeah. I am going to, uh, one of you might have to take my spot because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm working on uh, AFC North stuff. So okay. uh, I am uh, a game time decision. Okay. Uh, we, myself and Lance, will not be back until after the draft. So we're not going to go on after the sixth and then after the seventh. We're going to give you two shows. This is wrapping up the fourth round, unless the Steelers trade into the fifth or something like that, in which case we might do an impromptu show, but we'll play that by ear. But if everything plays out the way that we think it's going to and there's no trades made, then we will be on after the seventh round selection to talk about the final two draft picks and then – get you all ready and then we're going to get back right into our routine with tomorrow sunday the homer and the hater will be on we'll be wrapping everything up and then we'll go into the steelers q a and it's status quo from there so if you're just new to the channel behind the steel curtain.com is our website that is a sb nation vox media website and we are an extension of that go to youtube.com search btse steelers radio subscribe like the videos we appreciate all of that and then always if you're on audio make sure you give us a good uh, five-star rating and a good comment on iTunes or anywhere. Follow us so you don't miss a thing on our audio platform. Both of our podcasts from last night, if you were asleep, that was the Claypool podcast and the Hightower podcast. Go check those out in audio platform or on our YouTube channel. And uh, we will see you all later on this afternoon. Lance, why don't you send us out? And as always, Steeler Nation, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. All right, take it easy, everyone. We'll see you in a bit.